The Aaron's AA team makes getting the name brand furniture, electronics, and appliances you need easy and affordable. We're talking top brands like HP, Samsung, GE, Beautyrest, and so many more. Take them home today, then make low monthly payments until they're yours for good. Aaron's great rent-to-own deals even come with easy approvals and free delivery. That's Aaron's, the rent-to-own power of the AA team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Welcome everybody. If it's your first time listening, welcome for the first time. I'm Sam Roberts and the last professional broadcaster. If it's uh, your uh, 119th time listening, man, oh man, you've heard them all. If it's your 50th time listening, you still got something to catch up on. Either way, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Really, you know the sole mission of this podcast. It's to talk about wrestling. It's for wrestling fans. It's by a wrestling fan. I'm one of the few wrestling fans left that not only talk about it publicly, but still enjoy the product. We celebrate. WWE. We celebrate sports entertainment. We celebrate pro wrestling. That's what we do here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, and it's going to be an amazing show today, an amazing show. Uh, My pal Dan Soder is my special guest this week in the state of wrestling. Dan Soder is absolutely hilarious. He's been on the podcast before. Actually, one uh, one one of our more fun podcasts was the SummerSlam preview episode. Because we just ended up talking about our favorite SummerSlams. Really, it just ended up being a conversation about SummerSlam 92. But if you haven't heard that one, I recommend it. Uh, But before you listen to that, you can listen to today's episode. and You can get a taste of what Dan Soder has to offer. Uh, We will definitely, definitely talk about uh, the Seth Rollins situation. That's been uh, online uh, all day as of this recording. And I'm sure we're all going to be talking about it and trying to figure out what this means but before we get into any of that, let's start with our guest. Our guest this week is not a, a, a wrestler. He's not a sports entertainer. He's an entertainer, though. Luke Perry is the guest this week. And the reason I took up... So Luke Perry's got a new show called Riverdale on the CW. And when I found out he was doing press for the show, I immediately jumped on and said, I want to talk to him. Not only because Riverdale is a cool show, and we can plug that... But for a couple of reasons. Number one, I've wanted to talk to him about wrestling for a long time. I think it was several years back, I think I interviewed him. And after we were off the air, and this has happened a few times with celebrities, after we were off the air, we kind of chit-chatted, and I realized what a giant wrestling fan he was to the point that he wanted to come back and talk wrestling. And I don't know, guys that are famous for doing other things, actors, musicians, people like that. I'm always so intrigued with with what type of wrestling fans they are, you know, because, I mean, number one, because you just see so little coverage of wrestling fandom in the mainstream, and especially guys that have these careers doing other stuff, you just don't picture them being super fans of something. I think that's why everybody was so blown away with Freddie Prince Jr. when he was on the show. So I wanted to talk to Luke Perry about his his fandom of sports entertainment for a long time. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, over on uh, Pro Wrestling Sheet, which is our buddy Ryan Satin's website, they 
announced that uh, Luke Perry was in the audience for the debut of his son, who was wrestling his first match on an indie show. And his son is a super skinny, young, 19-year-old kid, but he's got this amazing, long, curly hair. And I think he was wrestling as something like the Jungle Boy. And, you know, it was pretty interesting to see Luke Perry, Luke Perry's kid, who knew? Who knew that he was training at all? And the fact that he was having his first pro match and Luke was there. And I wanted to talk to him about that, too. So I got the opportunity to, and I thought that it would be the perfect thing to share with you guys here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. So let's get into it. Let's start the show uh, with Luke Perry, big wrestling fan, and maybe the father of the next great superstar. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Well, look who's joined me. Luke Perry is here. Yeah, man. Luke, how's it going, man? So far, so good. Taking a trip back into, uh, I guess, teen TV? Yeah, there's some Kind adult, of? This is an adult teen TV. Right. It's not just teenage melodrama. Not just teenage melodrama. We got a lot of adult melodrama, too. <laughs> right. yeah. That's important. It is. That's what you need at this point in your life is some I, I adult need, melodrama. Yes, I represent the higher end of the demographic now. You see, they go from 18 to 49. I'm clearly up at the other end of that. <laughs> so we need to make sure that they get some good play in time. But you're in there. In there. You're not past that. No. You're in that demo still. No, I'm past it. I'll, I'm past it. I'm but you're still hitting it. it. What I'm saying. The demo. Trust me, I'm still hitting. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I want right. to get. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. So the show is Riverdale, of course, on the CW. It's Thursdays at 9 p.m. And I have to imagine, obviously, you're playing. It's like, And it's not just like a, a teen melodrama show because it's, it's a little bit sci-fi. It's like a it's crime a, drama. It is. It's, it's a mystery. It's a crazy town. Yes. Like in this town of Riverdale, all kinds of crazy stuff can happen. Right, right. And I would imagine that, that there have been a I would think that a lot of people have tried to get you to be a father on a teen-oriented drama just because of that 90210 throwback and it's that mm -hmm. thing. Like, has that offer at least been made a lot throughout the... Never occurred to me to do it. Yeah. 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 Never never, never thought about doing that. And, and I didn't think about doing it here. I said, no, nah, I don't want to read that. I figured that you would have not wanted to do that because you, you don't need to dip back in and, and... I just, I didn't know... It's not about dipping back in or any of that, but to find a character that's got a future and's got some real stuff to do, and it's not right. just like, "Hey, son, what are you?" You know, this ain't that. And I wasn't looking for that. But right. the, the writing on this show serves up for me a, a great three-dimensional character to play, who's just a simple dude. He's a salt of the earth kind of guy, blue collar construction mm -hmm. worker, uh, cares very much about his son, only about his son, and I love that. That that that's enough. They don't got to dress him up in any way. Right. This is who he is and what he does. There's a lot of integrity to it. And is that you? Like, are you? Because because I was I was reading an article and it was talking about the advice that you give to the to the younger. Uh, cast members of the show uh, based on your own experience and, you, and that you were telling them is what this article said to focus on the work not the who's on the poster who's on the magazine cover the scandal here the because and and 100% right without good work none of the glamour and the rest of yeah. the stuff exists I explained to them that that all this stuff this social media and the things that are taking their attention and all the ways that they're marketing and promoting that all goes away if you don't do the work, if we don't make the scenes good. Right. And I find, too, that, like, there are people who, if the work is good enough, they can survive without even having social media. Like, it's possible. I don't do any social media. You do nothing. 
Nothing. And I survive. Yeah, you do okay. <laughs> I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm surviving. Um, look, if, if somebody had come up to you 20 years ago mm-hmm. and said, I have followers. Yeah, right. I have people that follow me. You would want to get away from that person. Maybe like, okay, Charles Manson. That's exactly. Good to know. Great. Oh, yeah. he had followers too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want followers. Right. I got a ranch. I got followers. I got the whole. I don't deal. want anybody following me. Yeah. 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 yeah you're good. I'm good. Yeah. So fans are okay. I like them. They're good. Admirers. What about them? But not followers. No. And there's a line. Don't want anybody there. following. Me. Because I guess that's true. Because with the social media, it's like. It becomes not somebody who is appreciating your work or who likes the show mm-hmm. or who likes whatever you're doing. It's, no, 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 no. I'm following his life. Yeah, I want and, updates and on everything he's I, doing. And I see people trying to service that on the other end and update their feeds with what they're doing in their life and what they're eating. Nobody's business but mine, right. what I'm doing. You don't have any desire to, to share with the world what tonight's dinner is. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and good for you. Did you see that... Uh, uh, what what caught wind on social media was you checking out uh, your son's debut wrestling match. I I heard something about that. Yeah, yeah. What? So so. Uh, did you see the 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 video, or you just heard that it was in the ether? No, I saw it. Yeah. What did you? Were you surprised that it drew as much attention as it did? I try not to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not my end of it. I don't. Uh, you know, it, it's him doing what he's doing. Yeah. And I want him to have his own world and his own privacy it's well i mean first of all i want to tell you as a big wrestling fan he's got an amazing look that head of hair is like perfect are you a wrestling fan i am you're a wwe fan i am because you popped up on the edge and christian show sure i saw i've been in the ring when you the last time they had their diva search i refereed that that's right um (laughs) i i you know dusty Rhodes, the american dream yeah and the nature boy that those those are guys from my time but Mm -hmm. I, i i love wrestling what do you uh, uh, do? You, do you actively watch now, or are you just kind of uh, peripheral? You know, the time commitment to Riverdale is such that I can't really actively watch anything mm-hmm. at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I watch whenever I can. Great thing about those guys, they got their own network. It's out there all the time now, twenty four hours a day. You get the WWE channel, you yeah. see it all the time. Absolutely, except yeah. for Thursdays at nine o'clock, because people will be watching Riverdale on the CW. When we rechristened the CW, CW means cool. Watch it. <laughs> That's great. There's a little comma in there too, right? It's the C comma W. There cool. is now. Watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what's got to be great for you is SmackDown got moved to Tuesdays, which means Thursdays are wide open. Well, yeah. And who for wants, Riverdale. And who wants to be competing with SmackDown? No, no, no. SmackDown no. and Raw are in the top 20 every week. Isn't that amazing? For 15 years they yeah. have been. Those are the most consistent two programs in the top 20. So have you been a wrestling fan since you were a kid? Yeah. And, uh, and did it ever... Did it ever escape you, or has it always just kind of been something that you're interested in? Nothing escapes me. It doesn't, does it? Um, I uh, It's always been something I'm interested in. I appreciate the level of theater that goes yeah. on in it. It, it. it is fantastic. I've been fortunate enough to meet a lot of the performers, and they've all been really nice guys. Isn't that amazing? That, like, I feel like, you know, you meet athletes, and they're not always the nicest guys in the world. Not but I've never, I mean, I've met almost every pro wrestler that I could want to meet and they were and I've cool. never been disappointed that whole like you don't want to meet your heroes thing like I haven't experienced yeah. that when you met John Cena you were not disappointed he was the yeah he was the guy Ray, that, Ray Mysterio right love that dude right um I like I said I've been fortunate enough we've met a lot of them Kane um 
great Kali. <laughs> How is Kali? I haven't, met, I haven't met Kali. He was really lovely. I remember he reached down to sign an autograph, and I mean, it's difficult for him to hold the pen because it's so small compared right. to his hand. It's like him taking a sewing needle and, <laughs> and it was when you see the physical size of him. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Batista, David Batista, who's having quite a career for himself as an actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you get happy when you see? Because uh, uh, I feel like pro wrestlers don't get a ton of respect in the in the more mainstream industry. Do you get happy when you see a guy like The Rock or Batista that can kind of break through that and and yeah, craft out a career do. for I themselves? Like, I don't like people trying to pigeonhole you and telling you what you're about and what you can do and what you can't do. Clearly, Dwayne Johnson never listened to anybody. He says, "I'm going to do what I'm going to do." Right. And I think David Batista is kind of getting on that path now. He's going to do. And you know, I've met uh, you know Big Show. He's a great guy. He's like that. Cena's had a lot of success in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those guys got a good thing going. They put up some great entertainment. And you probably had a similar attitude in the sense that, like, I'm sure the bigger 90210 got, the more people wanted that to be you. Well, we figured out what Luke Perry is. He's the, our guy from 90210, and whether that show's on the air or not, that's what we want to put on our show. And you have to make the decision to not do that, which is which can be a risk, right? That's what acting's about, taking right. risk. That's right. where all the good work lies, on the other side of some risk. Yeah. So who's your who's your favorite wrestler growing up? I'm obsessed with wrestling, Ooh. so that to me is... is, is... Um, we're talking about the American dream now. We're talking about Dusty Rhodes. Dusty. Dusty yeah. Rhodes was my favorite wrestler. He was a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to know him pretty well before he passed. How'd you get to know him? Uh, we're, uh, backstage at Anaheim. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was taking my son to, uh, I think we were going to meet Triple H. And as we were walking across the room, I out of the corner of my eye, I saw Dusty Rhodes. And I said, show's over, son. Time out. I don't care who else is here. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to them. <laughs> and I made a beeline straight to that man. And uh-huh. I mean, he put his arms around me. He hugged me. I got to squeeze. And I said, this is big for me. I, you know, I've, I've met every actor in the world not so much when i met dusty road that's a big deal yeah yeah isn't it amazing what those guys can do like like just the and i don't know if it's something about being like human superheroes or there's something about it. if you really love it and appreciate it there's no actor or whoever it is that's going to measure up to being like no but that's that's him that's dusty that's, that's him that's dusty road yeah oh yeah he's the one and only. i mean you know uh the nature boy rick flair mm-hmm. i mean i got a buddy of mine who is doing a, a show with him right now a documentary and he's spending a lot of time is that the 30 for 30 with rick uh i don't know if it's gonna be a 30 for 30 yet mm-hmm. but it's about flair right it's all about flair and he's a he's he's a riverdale fan Ric Flair is? Woo! Yeah. <laughs> How many? Woo! Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Do you have a favorite uh, uh, Dusty or Ric Flair promo that you would watch growing uh, up? Oh, yeah, when Dusty, when Dusty would talk about being the son of a plumber, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In West Texas, with hot as hail. <laughs> yeah, and he'd talk, he'd talk it, man. And that was a great thing. Nobody wrote that stuff. No. He would just sit right down. He'd look right down the pipe of that camera, and he'd start laying it down to you. He'd start telling you how it was, baby, telling you about him being sexy, about, you know, him being the American dream. Uh, and I would sit there, and as a kid, knowing I full on I wanted to be an actor, I'm sitting there going, this is one of the best actors I've ever seen. Yeah. And he is just up there rolling. So and- he would roll. You didn't have a moment as a kid where you wanted to be a wrestler. It was always an actor. Look at me. Dude. That's what I. Yeah. Yeah. Who are we kidding? Right. Uh, I knew that wasn't coming around, but I still appreciate. You know, I appreciate great writing. Right. I right. appreciate when it's done well. Dusty, fabulous. Nobody ever wrote that. That was him. That was all him all the time. I mean, you can go on YouTube or the network now and watch these promos from the '80s. And when Dusty's like, "Put your hands up on the screen," yeah, like you still get the same. Oh goosebumps. yeah, he was like Reverend Ike. He yeah. was calling you. Put yeah. your hand up on the screen now. Reach out and touch the dream. <laughs> where did where did you grow up? Ohio. 
So, so what? In a, in a small town, mm-hmm. not, not unlike Riverdale, only not all the freaky stuff going on. But that's the thing about the shows: small towns, right, are where all the freaky stuff happens. There's always folklore and legend surrounding these things, isn't there? There is. And my, you know, uh, all the small towns that I've lived in, no different. There's always freaky stuff going on. It's never the people you think it will be. Yeah. And Riverdale is a great way to like have a look at that sort of dynamic that that totally exists in America. Do you like doing a show like Riverdale because? It allows you, not dissimilar from professional wrestling while we're on the topic, but it allows you to do a lot more. Like, you're not restricted necessarily to the confines of reality. Yeah, the, guy, you know the I mean. gentleman who writes our show, Roberto Aguirre, so he's not restricted by any reality. <laughs> right. he, he's only restricted by his own imagination and his good taste. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has put together some great scripts for this thing. I mean, he, he was singularly the voice that got me interested and turned it all around for me, made me want to get in and do this thing. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything uh, in the acting world that you haven't done that you specifically want to? Or is it just about finding... Um, roles I'm, that... I'm I'm looking to run on top of a moving train and yeah. jump, jump car to car. <laughs> I've always wanted to do it. And it hasn't happened a, yet. I, I had a movie going. It got canceled uh, where I was going to get to do that. Mm-hmm. And it was the worst. And, I, and dude, I've made some bad movies. <laughs> this was the worst. And I said I was going to do it anyway. My agent's like, you are not. And I said, did you see on page six where it says I run on top of the moving train? <laughs> I said, all you need to do is confirm that they have a train and that I'm going to get to run on it, not the stuntman, and then I'm signing this. <laughs> and he's like, you are not. I said, I am. And I did. And then the movie fell apart. But I was ready to go did- just so I could run on top uh, of that train. It didn't even, and even if it had fallen apart... After you had shot that scene, you could have at least said, can I just have the footage of the train run? More to the point, if I can just find a slow moving train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. getting on. Somebody whip out their iPhone and we'll, just, we'll, make, we'll make our own movie. I'll selfie that. Check this. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, I think so. I, I read that uh, uh, the promotion that uh, your son was, well, first of all, was uh, 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 pro wrestling something that you brought into your family? Did you, did you or was it something that... that your son found. Uh, they find their own way. Kids find their way to stuff in life. See, I'm wondering that because my my wife is pregnant with a boy, and all I want is to have a little wrestling buddy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I feel There's, like if I try too hard, he's gonna be like that. This isn't cool. Doesn't matter what you do. Right. He's gonna be who he is, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have to find your place in that. That's what parenthood is. You give your children um, every opportunity. You can. You try to teach them all the things you know. They are who they are. They're mm-hmm. going to be who they're going to be. You've got to find the way to support that and to stay in their life. And that's and that's, just, that's what your job is. Just push them with don't, whatever it is that they are doing with don't, support. Don't push them. Right. Just let let it all, let them roll it out as it's rolling out for them. It's, um, I think that's one of the biggest gifts you can give your child is let them have their own life. Let them figure it out with everything. Don't Don't indoctrinate them. In any way, let them figure it out and try to find what you can do to support that. You've seen a lot of pro wrestling. Is there anything you wouldn't want him There's to do? There's all kinds of shit I don't want him doing, but that you know that's that's not uh, that's not always up to me. And that's something he and I talk about. But he doesn't want me to discuss this too much. So. Oh, I see. Oh, I didn't because uh, he wants get, to get past that. He's on his own. Thing. Do it on his own thing. That's have you just in terms of you being a fan of this stuff. Have you met uh, Vince McMahon? I have. What's that like? I mean, I've, 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 I've talked to him very briefly. He runs that show. And yeah. when I say he runs that show, I mean, when they're in there at 2 o'clock in the afternoon doing a rehearsal, mm-hmm. Vince McMahon standing in the middle of the ring with a clipboard and a headset on going, okay, cue these lights, 
bang. When I say that, I want that to happen. Now bring him out. To t- he calls the shots yeah. on how that stuff goes down. And I know a lot of guys who uh, that have, you know, have a lot of money, own a lot of stuff. They wouldn't be there doing that. But you can tell how much Vince loves it, and it's what he does. It's what he's about. It's what that family's about. Yeah. And uh, I had never seen anything quite like that. But to see him stand there calling the shots at the rehearsal, that brother runs the show. Do you like that as a performer? Like, you can obviously put yourself in the position of, of, a, of a wrestler as a performer. Do you like seeing a guy like that that you're like, you know what? I might not have all the freedom in the world to do whatever I want, but I know I can trust that guy because he definitely has a vision. Mm-hmm. Do you like that? Like when you when you see that, do you walk in knowing I can trust that, or do you prefer a looser environment? I really like you know when when someone's in charge on the set with a director. Yes, I like to hear one voice. I like to hear one person giving me direction, telling me what's going on. That's the nature of how film works. That's mm-hmm. why they call it the last dictatorial position there is. There's one guy, mm-hmm. and he gets to call all the shots. Uh, Vince McMahon in his world is very much that dictator that guy that says this is how it's going to go and this is why and because he's had so much success people don't question it They he tells them to do something it gets done right and right. that's that's how it works that's efficiency yes you know and that's how I try to be on the set director tells me to do something I do it right I don't ask a lot of questions I don't I do it because that's my job but the, but the, so, the, so the, what makes it difficult and it would make it difficult there and would make it difficult for you is if there's a whole bunch of different people, right. middle management type people running around going, yeah. why don't you try this? Well, why don't you try that? And this guy over here, and you're like, I don't yeah, need all these. I'd say, why don't I try that? Because the director didn't tell me to. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and because I didn't feel it and he didn't tell me to, hence, it's not getting tried. Right. If you want it to be tried, go be a director somewhere. <laughs> um, with the wrestlers, they pretty clear. When Vince tells them it's going like this, yeah, that's how it's going. Right. But if some other guy comes up to him and goes, have you thought about that? They're like, ah. I don't work for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's only one name on the paycheck. Look at that. Is that your name? Yeah, then you're in my way. Right. Right. Yeah, and it's the same guy who's paid guys that have been more successful than you. And you're in his way. So <laughs> right. now, now you got to go. <laughs> uh, what was uh, what was the, the environment like shooting the show Oz? Oz is one of my favorite TV shows ever. Yeah. You know, and I don't think it gets enough credit. I just think it's such a great, from top to bottom, such a great show. And I thought your story arc on that show was awesome. Yeah, I think televangelists need to be locked up behind a wall. Yeah, yeah. I Not do. just locked up. I mean, like, oh. like uh, cemented. Yeah, behind a hammered, wall. Man, that was that was a wild scene. I, I loved working on that show. Yeah, it was a very intense experience because it was all on one set. It was on the 16th floor of a building here in the city, down down in the Meat District. And once you stepped off that elevator into that, you, you were in that prison for the rest of the day until we got to go out lunchtime. And usually on sets, you can go away. Not really any place to go. So that's sort of like a uncomfortable, closed-in vibe. It hits you real quick. Yeah. And it starts to, yeah. And it smells like a hundred dudes when you get off that elevator, <laughs> man. It was the summertime. Right. Whew, man, it was funky <laughs> yeah. in there. You'd step off that set and be like, yeah. Um, but it was, uh, I was so happy to be in the company of that that uh, ensemble of actors mm-hmm. serving those scripts by those writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tom Fontana, uh, the Weitzels, Sunil. Um, yeah, there's just great writing on the show. And, and again, I was so happy to be in there with actors of that caliber and getting to do stuff that, you know, you weren't going to see on 90210 for sure. No. Um, but uh, I love the idea and the concept of this experimental prison because it just, there was no story you couldn't tell. 
because of it. Because Not dissimilar from what we're talking about with uh, with the show now on the CW. Exactly. You yeah. want to give yourself as much creative room by not defining it up front. You want to give yourself as much creative room to expand as you can. And I always felt with Oz, they were really well positioned to do that. That's what drives me crazy about TV shows. Is that is that I like and I, I like I watched the premiere episode of of Riverdale and. I like that it it does open it up. We start from an open position because I watch shows sometimes that like start here and start to get successful. And when they realize they're going to be able to do multiple seasons, I can watch halfway through the first season. They're tweaking things and they're changing things. So all of a sudden more is possible. And like to me, it takes me out of it completely because I go, you're cheating. And they start to pander. Yes. Is what happens. This is one of the problems of all the social media and and the Internet and stuff. They'll put an episode on, and then they can go right to the social media after it airs and say, oh, people didn't like that. Oh, we shouldn't do that anymore. That's death. That is, you, you don't, you know, Aaron Spelling told me, don't uh, ask the audience what they want. Tell them what they want. We'll show them what they want. They just don't know they want it yet. Yeah. And that is a great way to come to it for making television. I'm not, you know, when you get into trying to please all the people all the time, you don't please anybody. Right. And that's why, that's why certain people are paid to do it that's why there is a profession because like we 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 know how to tell a story we know we, know we all do, do. you yes. tell them you tell them we all know how to tell them but i don't know how to tell them through 10 different voices over the course of 12 weeks i mean that it is a gift it is a talent and it's also a really big job to be the showrunner of something like this and he's he's super creative when you talk about taking direction and stuff like a tv show i'm assuming riverdale i think oz like generally speaking it's a different director per episode, one showrunner, but right. different directors are brought in. Yes. Does that complicate it at all in terms of it being one vision, or do you just take it episode by episode? Episode by episode. That, yeah. It, that's a really good way, because it, you want to give each director their entire... Somebody's giving me that. You, you want, <laughs> I think he was giving it. Yeah. Sorry, he's, he's tapping. He's taking his Luke, pulse. Luke, wrap it up. <laughs> Each director, you want them to have their whole world for a week where they can, they'll, you'll do anything that they ask of you and it's theirs. But they need to know, come Thursday, you're out. There's some other dude in here and we are serving him. Right. Or her. Right. Oftentimes it's a her and that's good. I've had some really great experiences. And it probably does help to keep TV series life fresh in the sense that it that does. way things are changing. It's not like you're just doing one thing for... And, Months upon months upon months. And, and yet the other, the flip side of that is you want to keep some of these directors familiar and coming back around because it helps to keep it cohesive. And mm-hmm. they do remember. What we found on 90210 at the end was it was impossible to bring a director up to speed on eight years of backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's when you see a lot of times in the later seasons, the actors will start directing the episodes because they know all that They've stuff. been there. They don't have to explain it all. They understand why that character does that and why that character does that. That makes sense. Well, Luke Perry... You are the man. I think everybody knew that, but now it's been confirmed. Likewise, dude. I appreciate you having me on. Of course. Riverdale is on the CW Thursdays at 9 p.m., um, and I would uh, recommend checking it out. And obviously, you're promoting it uh, with an energy that I feel like you're actually behind the show. You can always tell when somebody oh, yeah, comes in one. and they're not. And you know what I mean? It's a contractual, like, yeah. yeah, this is when the show's on. But let me tell you what else I'm doing. Seems like you right. actually. But let uh, me tell you about my podcast. Right, exactly. Let me tell you about my blog. No, I don't do that. I <laughs> yeah. love this show, and you I'm down for you it. You don't see yourself starting a podcast. I don't see it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything to say. You're good where you are. Well, thank you very much, man. It's a total pleasure, brother. Thank you for having me. And that's the end of that match. They're out. <laughs> Here is Sam Roberts. Really cool having Luke Perry on the show, and interesting. It seemed like I didn't know this before the conversation, obviously, uh, but he didn't really want to talk too much about his son and I can only assume we didn't really talk about it after the show I'll tell you after the show 
uh, what we did talk about was Michael P.S. Hayes. He's a big Michael P.S. Hayes fan. Michael Paul Stanley Hayes. Pure sexy Hayes. He just kept talking about him. Uh, so fun to talk about old school wrestling with Luke Perry. I would imagine that not wanting to talk too much about his son was probably his son's wishes, which I think is cool. His son wants to make it on his own. Doesn't want He wants to be uh, a Jungle Boy or whatever his name is. He doesn't want to be Luke Perry Jr. So uh, I think that's awesome. And, and, you know, the fact that it's not like Luke Perry just didn't want to talk about wrestling because the minute we kind of moved off of his son, he was like, yeah, but we could talk about, you know, my experiences with Vince McMahon, talk about Dusty Rhodes. Like we got Luke Perry doing a Dusty Rhodes impression on the show. I don't know what other podcast, what other wrestling show, what other show in general, where else in the world of entertainment are you going to find Luke Perry doing a Dusty Rhodes impression, huh? Do I deliver or do I deliver? You know, speaking of delivering, we can deliver uh, worldwide, international shipping at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. Go over there. You can get one of the new uh, 8-bit Nintendo-themed inspired Sam Roberts t-shirts. You can get a the classic Not Sam t-shirt that you see at shows and stuff like that. You can get the Not Sam Mode t-shirt in tribute to the great Brie Bella, of course. You can get the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast t-shirt. You can get the brand new Boo the Bad Guys t-shirt. Even if you already have the black and white version, you can now get the gray and black version of Boo the Bad Guys all available over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. Get a shirt Support the show. Support everything that I do. Uh, wear it to a show. Put it on. Wear it in the crowd. Tweet out a photo of yourself wearing a, a, a Sam Roberts, a ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts shirt. I guarantee you it's going to get a retweet. If you tweet me a photo and you've got some of my merch, I can guarantee you I'm going to retweet it. Why wouldn't I? ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. Um, before we get into the state of wrestling. So I sit down to do the state of wrestling. I do it with Dan Soder, and we'll get to that in a minute. A lot of it was about feelings coming off of the Royal Rumble, Raw and SmackDown. Where are we going? Where's the show going? Where are we headed? You know, there's other stuff going on in the world of wrestling. You know, the Lucha Underground Netflix deal is huge. Netflix is going to carry the first two seasons of Lucha Underground, which hopefully will expose the show to a whole new audience just because I think that I think there's a big audience for Lucha Underground out there. I think it's just a, the the way they've combined pro wrestling and classic television storytelling. It's just there's I think there's a big audience for it out there and I'm excited for more eyes uh, to be placed upon Lucha Underground. But after we record State of Wrestling, I get on the train to go home and I start going through Twitter and I see the Seth Rollins story. And I go, it can't be true. And I research it and I research it. And nobody is saying that this is part of the show. Everything that I've read says this is legit. Apparently, on Monday night, when Samoa Joe made his surprise debut on Raw and he jumped Seth Rollins, he injured Seth Rollins' knee, re-injured the knee of Seth Rollins, the same one that was taken out in the match with Kane, was apparently re-injured as of this podcast recording. Nobody knows exactly what the injury is or how long he's going to be out. But the question is, what does this mean? So it doesn't appear to be any part of a storyline. Samoa Joe was tweeting about it and taking credit for it and almost really bragging 
about the fact that he did this. And I think that that has more to do with um, turning a positive into a negative, trying to make some lemonade out of these, uh, or turning a negative into a positive is probably more accurate. But he's trying to he's trying to make some lemonade out of the lemons that, that WWE was just served. Uh, I don't think it was like, okay, this was already always part of the storyline and they're just going to go along with it now. Um, I, I think it was just, let's make the best out of a bad situation. And it really is a bad situation because in terms of a lead-up for a WrestleMania match, you could argue that this and the Goldberg-Lesnar match are really the two matches that they've been putting energy into in terms of promoting it like it's very clear to everybody that a Seth Rollins Triple H match is what is and was being built to up until at least this Monday night so with Seth Rollins being injured what happens well first of all as I said on Twitter hopefully we'll get a new documentary because the last one was fire but a lot could happen Nobody wants to see Seth Rollins hurt. I mean, it is such a bummer. If you remember the last time he was injured, which was only a couple of months, a few months ago, we were actually in a position where a lot of times guys get injured, and you're happy when they're back, and you don't want them to be gone, but while they're gone, you don't like actively miss them. There's so much going on that the WWE does a good job in not dwelling on that. But there was a void left in us when Seth Rollins was not around last time. He was just he was he was really on a hot streak when he got injured and there was a huge void. I missed him. I was not the only one and people wanted him back. The handling of Seth Rollins upon returning was not good. So the documentary they aired on WWE Network was amazing. But the fact that he spent as long as he did as a bad guy after his return, when anybody that watches the Seth Rollins WWE 24 and Seth Rollins is not your favorite wrestler after you watch that, you've got to get your senses checked. You may be a sociopath because that documentary is designed to do that and does it more effectively than almost any movie I've seen. So... For him to then bounce off of that and be a bad guy and spend as long as he did as a bad guy made it so that his good guy run that he's been on never really clicked the way it should have. The silver lining in this whole thing is you do have an opportunity for a Seth Rollins return whenever he comes back from this injury and you have the opportunity to do it correctly. You know, you have the opportunity to have that big moment. The Seth Rollins return could have been like the Triple H return after the quad injury. You know, just huge. I was at Madison Square Garden. This was right before the internet turned on Triple H. This was right before the internet decided, you know, that Triple H didn't deserve what he had and he was just, you know, politicking or whatever. Right before the internet turned on Triple H, uh, he returned and I was at Madison Square Garden the night he returned to announce that he was going to be in the Royal Rumble. And I still, I was at WrestleMania 30 and heard the reaction not only when Daniel Bryan came out, but when he won. I, I, I've been at many, many, many shows where classic things have happened. I've, I've, I've watched The Rock come out time and time again. I've seen Stone Cold come out. I've simply never heard an ovation. I was there when John Cena made a surprise return at the Royal Rumble. 
in 2000, what was that, 8, 2008 at Madison Square Garden. I've never heard a reaction at anywhere like I did when Triple H came back from his quad injury at Madison Square Garden. I've never heard it, and it was incredible. And that type of return is what Rollins could have had, and he didn't. Seth Rollins can have a proper return this time, so that's the silver lining. But what do you do with this story? So, we don't know how long he's going to be out for. Let's say, if I'm WWE, and best case scenario, I find out that Seth Rollins is out for anywhere two months or less. Because anything less than two months, and he's back in time for WrestleMania. He's got all of February and all of March to recover. So there is this idea where that's possible. I don't know anything about injuries, and I don't know what injury he has. But if that is possible, then I would say you don't tell the fans at all that he's back for WrestleMania. You say he's out of the match. You take him off TV, and then whatever you do, whatever your plan is at Fastlane, you have Seth Rollins return at Fastlane. And that's when we find out we are going to get the Triple H-Seth Rollins match. And you give Seth Rollins a John Cena-like return. He wasn't supposed to be back until whatever, until the spring. And he's already back. He wasn't supposed to be back until May. And he's already back in the middle of March. This is crazy. And then he starts going after Triple H. That is the ideal. That is the best case scenario. He goes after Triple H and Samoa Joe. You know, worst case scenario is he has to be replaced for WrestleMania. And I, I kind of was racking my brain over who faces Triple H if Seth Rollins can't commit to it. And there's two guys that I think work for this. One would really change a lot of plans, and one would not. The key here is to build on the storyline that's already being told. And the storyline is that Triple H is the creator and is the destroyer. When Triple H calls himself the creator, he's not just saying that he created Seth Rollins. He's basically taking credit for any major star to come out of NXT. He's he's referring to the NXT superstars and calling them his creation. And you could make the argument that they absolutely are. NXT is his baby. But there are probably guys that wouldn't take all that kindly to it. And, you know, you could look at the Shield because you could certainly apply that to Dean Ambrose or Roman Reigns, but I don't, I don't think that a, a, a Triple H thing with Dean Ambrose or Roman Reigns will be at all effective. I think you've got two options. Number one is Finn Balor, and that, I think, is the most likely. I think, you know, it, it's, it, it's poetic justice to have Finn Balor come back from an injury and replace the guy who injured him and say, Triple H, you didn't create me and you certainly didn't create the demon. And it's a perfect match for Finn Balor to come back to active competition for. Keep in mind, Finn Balor has had a very small handful of matches on the main roster. He beat Roman Reigns, he beat Seth Rollins, but he only had a couple of Raw matches. He didn't wrestle that much leading up to SummerSlam in matches and then after SummerSlam he's been injured so I think that having a Finn Balor Demon Finn Balor Triple H match at Wrestlemania would be huge in lieu of the Seth Rollins match um, I think that would be massive 
And I think that's one way you could go. And I would be thrilled for it. And I think that's the way they probably should go. My other my other suggestion is a little bit left of center because it knocks a lot out of loop. But it just but it's just something interesting to to you know, to think about. I would do the Finn Balor thing and I would have him come back and I would have him, you know, reference the fact that he's got a history with Samoa Joe and maybe have him take out Samoa Joe and say, look, and I don't know if it means beat him in a match, but it just means render Samoa Joe less than helpful. And then say, I want the match then, Hunter. I want you at WrestleMania because I want to prove that you're not our creator. You know, you're not. You're a guy, you gave us an opportunity, but you're not our creator. And you're certainly not the creator of the demon. And and I, I, I don't think anybody would be disappointed in a Finn Balor Triple H match. Um, the other match that you could do is you put the Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho thing to the side for a moment. And it would be a shame to do. But I don't think anybody would be upset about a Kevin Owens Triple H match. You know, I, I I think that Kevin Owens has a couple of motivations. Number one is, hey, you know, I I you didn't I'm not you didn't create me. You're not the creator of me. But I think even stronger is you said I was the guy and then you ignored me. You decided I was the guy and then you completely ignored me and have him lose the title at Fastlane to somebody, whether it be Goldberg, whether it be whoever. Or they just announced on the on, on in March at a house show in Madison Square Garden, he's got a match against Brock Lesnar. Have Brock Lesnar take the title. Have somebody take the title off Kevin Owens and have Triple H not be there for him. And instead of doing a thing where Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho split up, do a thing where... Kevin Owens blames Triple H for not having his back. And you could build towards a Triple H Kevin Owens WrestleMania match. So those are my those are my two suggestions to replace Seth Rollins for at least the time being is Kevin Owens or Finn Balor. I think Finn Balor's a little more realistic because it doesn't interfere with the Chris Jericho storyline. But you know, you can leave Chris Jericho at Kevin Owens' side even. You could do trip. I mean, because look, the team of Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho are almost good guys anyway. So you know, it's not like they're they're still doing the same antics because everybody's going to cheer them. Everybody already does cheer them. So I, it's not even like oh, but if it's Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, it's bad guy versus bad guy. Not really, not really, because if Kevin Owens decides he hates Triple H and talks smack about him, and Chris Jericho backs him up. Well, then you've kind of turned Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, at least in this loose, bad guy, good guy world that we live in in 2016. Um, And you just don't split up Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho until a little bit later on. It's possible you don't have your WrestleMania payoff. You'll still get a payoff at another pay-per-view. But it gives you a cool Triple H match in lieu of the Seth Rollins match. And hopefully, they will decide to give us, because I think we all still want a Triple H-Seth Rollins match, let's have Triple H put those tights back on and bring him out for SummerSlam. Because if we can't see Seth Rollins versus Triple H at WrestleMania, I don't think it's one of those things that you wait until next year's WrestleMania for. I think it's something that you do this year at 
If you can't do it at WrestleMania, do it at SummerSlam. You've got that giant match, and it's waiting for you whenever you're ready for it. And I say whatever the next big four pay-per-view is, that's when you do it. So, you know, we really hope for a speedy recovery for Seth Rollins. I think the best-case scenario is to make it look like we're headed in a different direction and then have Seth Rollins surprise everybody three weeks to a month before WrestleMania and come out and say, no, 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 I'll be there. I'll be in Orlando. And that's when you have everybody flip out. I think that'd be amazing. Um, And if you can't do that, then either Kevin Owens or Finn Balor are your guys to wrestle Triple H at WrestleMania. You got to have the Triple H match at this point. So I think that's what you do. I think that's what you do. Uh, And I read somebody, like somebody saying, well, Samoa Joe injured uh, Tyson Kidd and now he injured Seth Rollins. You know, he better calm down. He better be. And it's like, you know, I. I I haven't, I've had, I was in a battle royal once, but I've never been in a ring, okay? I don't know anything about injuries. I don't know who to blame for anything. But in my mind, accidents happen. And the fact is, everybody was saying this about Seth Rollins when he injured Finn Balor. Oh, he injured Sting. He injured Finn Balor. This guy is reckless. And now they're like, oh, Samoa Joe. I mean, what is he, reckless? Is he crazy? Like, accidents happen in the ring. It ain't ballet, you know? And And I don't think it's fair to blame anybody especially when it's guys like us who are just sitting on our couch watching the damn show and don't know exactly what's going on so i'm glad we got to cover that because i taped state of wrestling with my friend dan soder very very funny comedian he's on the tv show billions Uh, he's great big wrestling fan i love talking about wrestling with him he is i mean i've texted him and and he loves all the merch Right now, he's searching for the Walmart-exclusive Mattel Hasbro-style figures. I was able to find him. He hasn't found him yet. He wants them bad. I swear, we were texting back and forth. He wants them to do the entire NXT roster as Hasbros. That's He's hardcore. He's hardcore. Uh, and so I wanted to talk to him about his reactions to the Royal Rumble and where things are headed towards WrestleMania. Uh, so I sat down with him. Keep in mind, this is literally maybe an hour and a half before we found out about Seth Rollins. So we do talk about Seth Rollins a little bit, probably more than a little bit in this segment. Uh, Just keep it in the context of us recording it just before we found out about his injury. All right, here he is, Dan Soder, this week on The State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. We have a special guest in here with us. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan... Soder is back. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Hey, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good, dude. I'm I, real. I'm real good. You are. Watched some SmackDown last night. You did. Late. That's when I texted you. You were, you were asleep. Yeah, but I. I mean, you texted me at like midnight. Yeah, I watch it late because I oh. come home from the comedy oh. club. Oh yeah, I watched it live. Oh okay. There it you was go. a good show. It was great. Yeah. SmackDown's always good. And the thing that uh, that really impresses me is AJ Styles. Every match they give him, he goes all like him and Ambrose were awesome. It was a, it was great. It was really Baron Corbin really good. and then uh, and Miz ringside. Yeah, yeah, and I love that they were starting to tell that story. Like they were they were they were. It wasn't so much like either was a good guy or a bad guy. It was just like because in real life, Baron Corbin and the Miz would be guys that you don't like, but Baron Corbin and the Miz are guys that you would that would not get along with each other. Well. The Miz is turning a corner right now. He's the best. His promo on SmackDown on on SmackDown Rewind with Brian Daniel Bryan. When the you mean f- talking smack? Talking smack. Yeah. I, oh God, I forgot why I forgot <laughs> the name. But um, 
that was like, I was like, oh man, the Mizgis has got to do way more of this kind of stuff. Like, just be kind of, it's not really a pipe bomb, right. but, but kind of one where you're like, oh, this is real. This is real. This right. feels like he's like really upset, and that's always the best wrestling because yeah. you're like, oh, they tapped into something real. And I kind of liked when him and Baron Corbin were going back on SmackDown, and he's like, I played in the NFL. It's one percent. He's like, cool. Did they have elimination chamber matches? <laughs> and that's right. And, and that's right. the right answer. Yeah. He's like, well, so what have you done here? What have you done here? I've headlined, a, I've main evented a WrestleMania, and you're like, well, everyone's pretty upset about that, but it's right. true. I honestly, I think, and I said this on the Year in Review podcast. I mm. think that uh, the Miz and AJ Styles were the two guys that had the best. 2016s of anybody, yeah. I think that yeah. and and towards the end of 2016 into 2017, John Cena is starting to have like a stellar year. It's amazing to watch John Cena and Chris Jericho have like these amazing resurgences where they're in some of the best positions they've been in forever. But let's get before we get too far into SmackDown and all this stuff, let's talk about the Royal Rumble. Yeah, let's because that's what I really wanted your take on because. Uh, last time you were on, we were talking about SummerSlam, mm-hmm. and I would have loved to have done a pre-Royal Rumble show with you. Yeah, that would have been great, but we did. We thought about it too late. Right, exactly. I was like, oh, that seems obvious now. Um, but, okay, so, first of all, what did you think? You know, it goes without saying that the pay-per-view was great. I don't think anybody, I'm assuming you thought AJ Styles versus John Cena was incredible? Yeah, I mean, that's the match. Those two guys are at yes. their peak right now. Yes. SummerSlam, it stole the show. Royal Rumble, it stole the show. Yeah. It's just like... Uh, you know, I have that Royal Rumble party where I have people over and we gamble on it every mm-hmm. year. Uh, um, and some of my friends that come over are not wrestling fans. Right. They come over to gamble and hang out and just and BS. How do you gamble? Like what? Because I know. So what you do is you. So is it just thir- numbers based? Yes. Yes. So there's 30 wrestlers. You put in, depending on how many people you have, is the cost of this. Sometimes it's five, sometimes it's $10 a number. And then you buy in. And like this year, we all had six numbers. So you all have, you know, there was five of us, so we all had six rest, and then you draw numbers out of a hat, and those are the numbers you get. So I had like 24, 25, 26, and I was like... Those are great numbers. Great numbers. Yeah. And then my buddy had 22, and he was upset, but it was was 23, and he was Randy Orton. And I was like, I don't know, man. Randy Orton's in a prime position. definitely. But my buddy gave up. He's like, nah, this sucks. 23 is not going to win it. And then when Roman Reigns came in, I was like... At 30, I was like, no, no, no. I mean, in hindsight, are you upset that Roman Reigns was number 30? Um, I am if they keep him babyface. I I think they're at a really cool point right now where they could turn Roman Reigns heel in a way where Vince could kind of be like teacher's pet kind of heel. Like, hmm. I've, I've told you since the beginning he's great and you don't like him, but you're going to get him. And then have Roman Reigns be like, I don't care. I'm just going to beat everyone up. They just keep, acknowledge it. Yeah. And just keep him silent, but then keep him like a heel. Yeah. Because he's, he's going to be a great heel. What did you think of the Royal Rumble match? Because I'll tell you, like, I actually, like, this is how, like, crazy and obsessive I got. I actually, on Friday, mm-hmm. I wrote, like, a two page thing that would, I guess you would. It was probably, you could argue it was a wrestling fan fiction, which okay. I don't want to. I don't uh, want to that you're doing wrestling fan fiction. <laughs> I don't want to admit it was to. a murky day <laughs> but, from from the depths of the dark. The dead man came. Oh. I did. I did write the final four in the Royal Rumble match, and and you called it. No, 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 no. In my final four, my final four were Braun Strowman, yeah, Chris Jericho, okay, Goldberg, and The Miz. 
Really? And I had my final two, because I think at that point you would probably assume anyone but The Miz. And then my final two were Goldberg and The Miz. And then I was going to have Goldberg win to go on, because I kind of want to see Goldberg versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. It's not going to happen anymore, but that's what I was talking about before. Um, But my thing is, at this point, I really want to see... First of all, I want to see AJ Styles with the title. Yeah. Because I want to see AJ Styles badly defend... It's not going to happen anymore. The WWE Championship against The Miz at WrestleMania and have The Miz finally have that moment where people like him in the title match at WrestleMania, like appreciate that he's there and acknowledge that he should be. And I want to see The Miz beat AJ Styles for the title at WrestleMania. That's what I want to see. That's, uh, that's call me a Miz fit. That's that's a yeah. You are. That's way deep because I thought the best, the thing I wanted to see the most was Taker Styles at WrestleMania because I feel like Styles is one of the only guys that can make the, te- the can make the dead man look back to being as powerful as he used to be. Pull a good match out of him because he's he's old. This is it. I think this should be it for the Undertaker. Yeah. And I think if you put him with a guy like Styles who just works his ass off. Off, you could have a really great mania, one last great mania match. The way CM Punk made Undertaker look incredible yes. a couple years ago. It's like, let AJ Styles do that, but obviously they're not going to do that. I think it's going to go a different route. I, I would assume it's Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania. That is my takeaway from the Royal Rumble. See, it, I think it's going to be a Braun Strowman-Roman Reigns. I think that match is coming at Fastlane. To build for Mania? Yeah, which, which kind of makes me question things because I go, okay, like I, I, I think, because at, at, at WrestleMania, at Royal Rumble, they set up Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg, Goldberg versus Undertaker, yes. Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman, and Roman Reigns versus Undertaker. That's what was set up. But they could do a, a three-way Goldberg, Les, Goldberg, Lesnar, Undertaker, but I don't think that's going to happen yeah, because they, you want to see that that match between you want to see the final match between Lesnar and Goldberg, which definitely is probably the end of Goldberg's contract. Yeah, but, I I think it'll be I think it will be Roman Reigns versus Undertaker. I think that's the match that's going to happen at WrestleMania, and I think that that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world because they're going to acknowledge they have to acknowledge that Roman Reigns is going to get booed in Orlando. The reason Roman Reigns, I, I want to, uh, people were annoyed at the Royal Rumble match, not the pay-per-view, the match. I had some problems with it. Tell me your problems. I think they need to stop allowing guys to go under the bottom rope and hang out on the side of the, Jericho. But it's a good heel thing. It's, it's a, a good, good bad guy thing, thing but, for Jericho to be able to come out on Raw and say that I have the record now when it's like, hey, he we. said it way too early for him to do that as much as he did. Right. Because by the time he was already in for five minutes, like, Chris Jericho has a record for the longest uh, you know, time in a Royal Rumble. But the thing that kept bothering me is he did it three times mm-hmm. for long periods of time where you're like, I know you're not gassed. I know you can go. Right. The whole thing. It's just as a fan, it's like, I like when they're laying in the corner and you kind of forget about them, but when they're on the side, it's like, well, get back in. Don't you want to well, get back in? I don't think anybody leaves the ring under the bottom rope unless they're a bad guy and they're being a coward. Yes, that, is, so a, that if, is a coward heel move. And so if that's doing happening intentionally, I don't think it's a bad 
it just story got, device. It got too much even to be a heel move. It got too much where you're like... Like maybe if he had done 20 minutes in the ring and then then just disappeared for 20 minutes straight and then reappeared. How about do something to, hilarious where he does 20 minutes in the ring and then he goes under the bottom rope and sits down at the commentator's table. And, do, and does, and does play commentary. Play. And yeah. then puts it on and they're like, what are you doing out here? Because then it's even more of a heel move where he's like, I'm just being... I'm just ignoring the rules. Because it's worked in the past where... Uh, or like, you know, like, shut up, Corey Graves. I'm taking a drink. Or, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where he's but, like, I got to get my win back. I'm going to win this. Yeah. Because it's happened in the past where, like, uh, uh, Jerry Lawler, for instance, escaped under the bottom rope and yeah. went under the ring. That was That's great. crucial. To go under the ring is different, right? Because you're not— Because then, it, then it's like he really is trying to get away with something. Yes. And right. when you see Jericho just kind of taking a knee on the side of the ring, you're like, all right, come on. And I think— I liked what they did with Braun Strowman, where he just clears the ring. Yes, that's that a had badass, to happen. That's a yeah. badass move. But I wish they would have done that with a Baron Corbin and then had um, Braun stick around till the end, where he is the legitimate threat. Where you're like... Baron Corbin gets the big guy spot, because yes. Braun Strowman is going to get the he-might-win spot. He's got to get the Andre the Giant No, who's going to eliminate him. He's too big to eliminate. He's great in Battle Royals. Great in Battle Royals, yes. and I think the Braun Strowman thing should have been the, you know, three superstars on each leg, pulling him over, throwing him over. We're like, I can't believe he's out. Like, right. he wasn't going to go. Right. Who Brock eliminated him, right? Yeah, I believe so, with a clothesline. Yeah. Yeah, I think Brock eliminated him. Yeah, some of the eliminations were weird because it seemed like they were setting stuff up, but there's you wouldn't. I mean, I guess there could be a payoff eventually. I would Brock love a Braun Goldberg Strowman was a great Brock. elimination. Goldberg yes, taking him out. I, the Undertaker, I, I thought it was just done too quickly and kind of like I when, even when you said the Roman Reigns things, I was like I, I didn't remember them really setting that up because it wasn't like because I was so intrigued that Goldberg got bounced by the Undertaker. Oh, so there was just there wasn't enough distance between the two eliminations, and there wasn't enough storytelling in the match. To, well, it was a, it was, a, it was a bottom heavy Royal Rumble. Yeah, it was. You're really talking like... about Brock, Goldberg, Roman, Undertaker, like a ton of guys all in that final ten, and there wasn't the big surprise. I know they listen. They played Samoa Joe perfectly. Yeah, everybody talks about the big surprise, but I don't know what people are talking about. When is the like? When you get it, like Philly a couple of years ago, when you got the Dudleys, you got Bubba. You got, Bubba. but that wasn't the same thing. Like, but a, an angle would have been. I think massive. That, I think that they would say you had that was Ty Dillinger's spot. Ty Dillinger was that, but I, I think every year they do a surprise and a new guy. The, last year the surprise new guy was AJ Styles, and you're like, that's unbelievable. That was a giant one. That was a giant one. You need that. You need either a, a retro or with a well, new guy, unless it's a guy like AJ Styles who is so over everywhere else that when he shows up, you're like, he's here. That that would have been the Samoa Joe spot. But here's here's what I think. I think that as far as that stuff goes, number one, the fact that Randy Orton won this Royal Rumble, like in hindsight, it was like one of those things that people. Oh, yeah, I could see that or blah, blah, blah. But it was a surprise. And I think even when it was down to the bottom two, yeah, you were like, it was a surprise. Now, I believe Roman Reigns was put into that match for two reasons. Number one, to set up The Undertaker. And number two, to make sure that people cheered for Randy Orton. I think that was the re- that was why Roman Reigns was there Easy. because everybody was so like it's not Roman yeah that like Randy got that not Roman pop is what I'm calling Roman it the not Roman pop, pop. <laughs> the not Roman um, there's nothing worse than being a not Roman pop we're like all right you're not Roman Reigns but like it was such a unique Rumble this year because there was so much star power in it yeah like a crazy ridiculous amount of That's star why power I was so excited for it yes and and 
maybe those expectations were so high they could never get lived up to. But I don't think, like, based on the Royal Rumble match that I saw, like, people were like, oh, why wouldn't you give Samoa Joe James Ellsworth's spot? Why wouldn't you give uh, uh, Finn Balor uh, uh, Apollo Crews' spot? And granted, I think you, uh, based on, I don't know why Apollo Crews was in there, to tell you the truth. But, he really um, didn't do a lot. No, and he hasn't done a lot on TV, so it was almost like that was that could have been yeah. a DDP spot. Like, yeah. that could have been a legend if you wanted to go there. But um, I, I think that you, you have to keep in mind the role that these guys are going to play in the Rumble. Like, I don't—if Finn Balor's not going to win that match, yes. if the match isn't going to be about Finn Balor, if the match isn't going to be about Samoa Joe— <sighs> If the match isn't going to be about Nakamura, then I don't want these guys debuting at the Rumble. No, you want them at Raw. I want Samoa Joe debuting exactly how he debuted. Perfect. I want Nakamura's music to play the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. <sighs> That's where I I want Finn Balor to... to Just pop up out of nowhere as the Demon King and surprise right. a Seth Rollins or surprise whatever their top heel is. That way, when somebody enters into the fray or returns to it, it's about them, and it matters, and it's like, yep, that's 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 their moment, not just like, okay, we need another surprise. Okay, it's two minutes here. Okay, buzz, buzz, yeah. buzz, let's go. But I think that's why a Kurt Angle would have been perfect. For the Rumble? For the Rumble. But. Unless they're planning a run with him. And I believe that Kurt will have a match, I believe. I think that the Rumble could have been two things. Could have been number one. They haven't worked that out yet in the sense that maybe True. when he was introduced for the Hall of Fame, I we don't necessarily have to assume that there was months of planning. That could have been a phone call that was made the day before. Hey, we want you in the Hall of Fame. We're going to announce you tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like yeah, that could yeah. WWE, that could easily have happened. Yeah. So, and if that's the case, maybe you didn't have enough time. Maybe there are tests, whatever it is. But I would have loved to have seen Kurt Angle in the match. But is there this possibility where if Kurt Angle comes out and then gets eliminated, does it take away from... Him. Him actually having a return match. Okay. All you know right. what I mean? And that's that to me is is, is what people like. I, people, you always go into the Royal Rumble with these grand expectations because it's the one match where anything can happen, especially when you've only got 22 of the 30 names announced. I just feel like as a Rumble it was good, mm -hmm. but I wasn't like, yes. That's the, it's those expectations. But I, I didn't walk away from it. Like even Roman Reigns in Philly. With the booing and everything, I walked away like, wow. Like, I was ramped up even if I wasn't happy. I really? Was like, just because I was like, man, they sh you know, the, they, sh they shook it up a little. They booed The Rock. That's crazy. Right. There was stuff where you're like, oh, and, man. And that's a good point. I don't think Roman Reigns was not a mistake at number 30. Like, no. When he was sent out, everybody knew he was going to get booed. He wasn't sent out to get cheered. No. He wasn't sent out to be that guy. He was sent out to get eliminated. Um, so I don't I don't think that that was a mistake, and I think the fact that they that to me what I saw happen in that match leads me to believe that they kind of are aware that Roman Reigns is probably not going to get cheered at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think which, they're starting to realize what we've all known from two years ago. Exactly, which is like okay, so what are we going to do with this then? All right, well let's put him with the Undertaker. Oh God damn it, let's put him with the Undertaker. Oh, God. Bruce Pritchard's <laughs> is I want it as my ringtone. I'm so glad you said Bruce Pritchard and not uh, his. Vince McMahon impression because if you had said his, you know what I would have said? Hmm. Pronouns, pal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I always laugh when he says that shit. It's my favorite impression right now. Yeah, it's I the think best. On SNL or anything, like my <laughs> favorite impression is Bruce Pritchard doing Vince McMahon. God damn it, pal. It makes me laugh every time he does it. Um, yeah, but, I think it's a thing where 
this is where I'm excited to watch the changing of the guard with Triple H because watching the Seth Rollins storyline with Triple H is so fucking cool. Yes. And it's so like... I'm in. It got me so excited when Samoa Joe clotheslined him out of nowhere, and yeah. I was like, "Oh man, perfect!" You got the pop of the surprise, yeah. But you also have a good thing going with the angle of Triple H. Like, I made you. I'm gonna destroy you. I'm gonna use this guy to destroy you. He's the next uh, Seth Rollins. And I'll tell you this: what I like about the Seth Rollins thing is. Unlike Roman Reigns, they're acknowledging that the crowd wants to cheer for Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. And it's like, good, put him in the babyface role. Right. Now accept the fact that the crowd wants to boo Roman Reigns. And it is what it is. It just is what it is. Ambrose, I think they thought they were going to get a Pillman Roddy Piper, and they really tried. And he's fun. Right. He's very fun. Hell of a fucking in-ring worker. He's so great. And I love the shit that he talks to AJ Styles, calling him the real soccer mom of Arizona. Yeah. That's really funny. It's great. But don't, like... I think we're past the days of shoving superstars down our throats. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it works anymore. And I think that that would, I mean, that kind of occurred to us during the Stone Cold Rock era yeah, when it yeah. wasn't, that wasn't how it happened then. It was just... Stone Cold got heat on his own. Exactly. The Rock got heat on his own. Um, what I think was really great about the Seth Rollins Triple H story was that when Seth Rollins came out in NXT, yeah, it was, to me, it was almost an acknowledgement where... A, a WWE fan that like really watches, yeah, is going. Even you or I, who knows, it's like, well, the reason he didn't do that because it's not in the script. But like, if we're just talking in terms of like, let's talk about characters and story, yeah. And let me ask you something: Why is Seth Rollins? And this question gets posed on the internet all the time. Why is Seth Rollins coming out to Raw, looking for Triple H all the time when all of us know he's at every Takeover show? Great. He always comes out of Takeover. It's great. And it's like. When Rollins comes out and says, I know you're here, and calls him out, it's like all of a sudden, the this is a Monday Night Raw storyline inside these confines, mm-hmm. and don't ask us. It's like, no, 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 now we're in real life, and anything that happens under this giant WWE umbrella... Is part of it. Right. And I think that's what's... The thing I was worried about was... And when, an acknowledgement that we... You're, you're right. When you question yeah. that, yeah. we're going to address it. And I love the fact that I got nervous with how they were going to do the Stephanie Rollins thing and when they were in the ring working, but then Rollins continuing to call Triple H a coward to Stephanie's face. And then the best part, which they haven't done this a lot, was when he's like, I'll go to your house and when your kids answer the door. And that gave me goosebumps where I was like, this is going to be great. I said on Twitter, anytime... A superstar threatens to beat up his rival's children. It's a good episode of it, Raw. It's great. I love it. And it's great because it was like, it, Stephanie played it well, just the way they're playing it. I, I was like, it's one of those things where I was like, man, this is when wrestling's great. It's, it's really great. good. That's and my favorite. And this is a great angle. You put Samoa Joe as the muscle, which Michael Che called. Mm-hmm. I have the text message where he's like, I think Samoa Joe's going to be at, at the night we're all, we're group texting on. Uh, on our phones, and, and Che texted me, he's like, I think Samoa Joe's going to be Triple H's muscle. And I wrote, don't be surprised if Samoa Joe shows up on Raw. So we both half called it. But he called that he was going to be Triple H's muscle. That's and I was great. like, That's And it. you're like, and it's going to happen on Raw. Well, no, I actually did. So I'm you guys of, are like the I weekend did, update of WWE. I'm calling Joe's to WWE. <laughs> but he, without his, he's much better hair. But he, um, the funny thing is, is I half called it. Because I was like, well, sometimes they bring out the superstar the day after the pay-per-view. Oh, see, it's happened. not even a real clue. Yeah, you're just attaching I, yourself I to it. Attaching myself. To, I'm, I'm, I'm globbing on. I wonder about Fastlane 
as it approaches. Because here's the other thing, right? Like, people are like, oh, we don't want to see John Cena versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania again. And I don't either. I think they dropped the belt to... It's a long time before WrestleMania. Yeah. We've got a SmackDown pay-per-view, Elimination More, Chamber. That's the biggest one. You've got Fastlane, which is a Raw pay-per-view. I think... you got a lot of shows in between, a lot of weekly shows, and a lot of crazy stuff happens on any given SmackDown specifically. True, but... So, so when you get to... Uh, uh, WrestleMania, you could have a totally different landscape. I was reading, I think Dave Meltzer in his newsletter on his radio show or something, he said, and I fell in love with this idea because I haven't been high on the Goldberg-Brock Lesnar rematch. Yeah, it's all right. But he said that there has been a conversation about Goldberg beating Kevin Owens for the championship at Fastlane. Great. And all of a sudden... Putting the strap back on Brock. Well... When I watched Brock's promo on Raw this week, great, I was missing one thing. In order for me to fully get behind this WrestleMania match, Brock has to put his career on the line. Yeah, and that's the like to me. Oh, that's, loser goes home. That's where and, and and Goldberg doesn't even have to right because Goldberg gets assumed that he's not coming back. He's he's uh, he's visiting for the weekend. Exactly, but. Brockett's not assumed he's not coming back. Brockett's assumed Brock's that, got the sweetest deal in the company, and we're going to see him for a long time. Every couple months. That's the assumption. So what if, like the way Paul Heyman was setting it up yeah. with Goldberg being, yeah, but Goldberg's the yeah, but. Goldberg's the yeah, but. Goldberg is the person that's ruining Brock Lesnar's legacy. Goldberg, I hope, comes out next Monday and says Goldberg's going to be the guy that ends Brock Lesnar's legacy. <sighs> and that's what makes this more, because it's not a rubber match, because Goldberg's beaten him twice yeah. and eliminated him. Yeah. So it's like this is the, the way you make this the one that matters Put a belt. It is you have Goldberg be the champion, and you have Brock's, and you have Goldberg say, "I'll give you one more match, but it's going to be one more match because when I beat you, you retire. You retire. Oh, Your career is on the line. I don't care. Yeah. I, and then Brock's going to accept it, and then Goldberg's the champion. So you're sitting there like, well, I would assume Brock's going to win. But as I said after Survivor Series, the thing that made Survivor Series so valuable is Goldberg has now what Brock had, which is. When you watch Goldberg, whether he's fighting Brock Lesnar or anybody else, because of how dominant they made him look, yeah. you can't sit there and say he's definitely losing. There's never going to be a match where Goldberg is definitely going to lose. And think about that because the heat that they started with Brock with that was WrestleMania when he beat Taker because everyone right, was like, exactly. he's going to lose. And then he came out and won. You're like, oh, and then he destroyed Cena. At SummerSlam. Right, and the Undertaker match was when you got that about Brock. You can never have a Brock Lesnar match where you're going, Brock Lesnar's definitely going to lose. Most of the time you're like... Because that's, that's what wh you said about WrestleMania. And that's why the the squash match at Sur Survivor Series was like, oh my God. Because it got to the point where it was, Brock Lesnar's definitely going to win. Yeah, the only giveaway that it was going to be quick was that the time restraints, when you're watching the pay-per-view, you're like, they only have about 10 minutes left. No, dude, that pay-per-view ended at 10.38. Did it really? Yes. I watched it on mushrooms in my hotel room <laughs> after uh, in Oakland, California. So you must have been like, was it was it in like slow motion? So it well, seemed like an Iron on, Man. I was watching it on the network and I saw how much time was left. That's the difference. That's the difference. Live, live, I didn't. I, live, I, it ended at ten thirty eight. I was at a Sturgill Simpson concert on mushrooms, <laughs> and, then I, and then I came back to my hotel and I watched yeah. Survivor Series. Live, but, it, live, it ended at ten thirty eight, and people were like, "What happened? Was that supposed to happen? Yeah. I don't understand." WrestleMania, I think, will be a completely different animal than what we think it's going to be after Elimination Chamber and Fastlane, because I think yeah. I, my my guess 
They they put the belt on Bray to set up Orton and Bray Wyatt, which would be fun. And then that puts Luke Harper back with Bray. By the way, Luke Harper should be in the Elimination Chamber match. 1,000%. Honestly, instead of Ambrose, you're building a whole pay-per-view. Yeah. Let's have an Intercontinental title match. Yeah. And put Luke Harper in the Elimination Chamber just to be like, because we saw you saw SmackDown, you saw yeah. the tag match. Yeah, yeah, And it was the sort of, yeah, but Bray still has some control thing. And they, if, if I think they need to have... Bray and Luke back together if they're going to keep Orton's not if it's weird to me when Orton discusses the Wyatt family as he's a Wyatt because you're like no you're the you're the you're you're the apex predator you're Randy Orton you're not yeah your last name is Orton Orton it's not Wyatt don't say we you're know who Wyatt. your family yeah. is stop stepbrother they were wrestlers <laughs> yeah so it's like I kind of would rather see that divide go a different way where it's Luke Harper and Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton which we might get at Elimination Chamber it's possible because we never know where Luke could do another flip and help Bray Wyatt in the Elimination Chamber. With the lights off, he appears in. Fin- you know, him and Bray finish Orton. Because Orton's going to be in the Elimination Chamber. No. He's not? No. Oh, so who's it going to be? It's going to be Bray, it's Br- Cena, Styles. Bray, Cena, Styles, Ambrose, Miz, Baron Corbin. Okay. Those are your Those six. Because Orton w- gets his WrestleMania title. You're right. Match. And you don't want to put that on the line against anything. Doesn't matter. So. He can't walk into WrestleMania's champion. It wouldn't make any sense. He's gonna, what, is he, what, is he going to main event with himself? That'd be great. Although, uh, this kid. man match, pal. This kid, Randy Orton, could work a broomstick. Let's do it. But <laughs> it'll be, it'll be, I think it'll just, when after Elimination Chamber, I think we'll have a better idea. And then. And Fastlane could be the big, like, wow, they took the belt off Owens. Exactly. Exactly. A lot can happen between now and then, which is why it's like you can't even paint the picture. But I wonder about Fastlane is I feel like they're setting up for a Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Fastlane match. Well, they're absolutely doing that. And there was one other thing in my mind about Fastlane. But I, oh, Samoa Joe, Seth Rollins, it seems like will be a Fastlane match because. You'd assume, How do you set that up for Mania? Because I think you do, yeah. Triple H versus Seth Rollins at Mania. Which they've talked about for over a year now. Right, and I and that's still a match that I would really want to see. Well, it's, yeah, it's yeah. finisher versus finisher. It's exactly. great. It's the pedigree versus pedigree. But, like... How great would it be if he did a stomp at Mania? A curb Mania, stomp? A curb stomp on, on Mania. It'd be huge. Orlando would go crazy. I mean, if he did it. Like, yeah. if that's how he caught him, like, you know... Because everybody knows, yeah. Flip, spins, turns, gets him down, boom, curb stomp, end of the match. You'd be like, that'd but be unbelievable. Here's what I wonder about Fastlane. If that's where you're going, then have we really built up Braun Strowman? Because Braun Strowman, in terms of building up a monster, incredible. Great. One of the best in, in years. By the way, they did an old school recipe of a bunch of jobbers getting yeah. tossed around, the whole choke slam from the back of the neck onto their face. Great. Great. And you made a star out of James Ellsworth. Absolutely. Yes. Um, Carmella's boyfriend. Yes. Um, but there is a thing where what's the payoff with you building up this monster? And that's why I said when he cleared the ring, it was cool. Mm-hmm. But I would have rather seen him go deep in the rumble where he's a problem, where superstars who might hate each other, realize, like, this guy, if we don't come together and eliminate this guy, he's just going to... Which is why, to me, I felt like the only logical thing would be to have Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I thought that'd be amazing. But you got Goldberg. But you got Goldberg. It's going to happen. Yeah, Goldberg-Lesnar is going to happen. It's going to happen. So, and I'm sitting there going, like, okay, so I really think it's going to be Roman Reigns versus Undertaker at WrestleMania. So that would leave Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman at Fastlane. Yeah. And are you really... 
going to have Braun Strowman lose at Fastlane? Like, are you gonna are you gonna take? Because it's like we got this thing that could be a big WrestleMania match. We've been building, 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 building. And are you are you, are we taking the wind out of the sails? The pay per view before WrestleMania. So here's the thing: is why don't you set up Braun's match with his new rival interfering with the Roman Reigns? I how guess, do you get but out that's because that? it's almost like that's how you set up Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman by Braun interfering. So it's like, are we going to do anything? We're just going to do another interview. Like, are we doing just anything? Keep interfering. And then the other thing is like Samoa Joe had such an awesome debut. I mean, you talk about not debuting properly in the Rumble, if it's Samoa Joe versus Seth Rollins at Fastlane, do we want to see Triple H versus Seth Rollins bad enough that Samoa Joe can't stop Seth Rollins this early? You know what I mean? The fact that there's only one stop before WrestleMania that's a big, big, big match. So if Seth Rollins beats Samoa Joe at Fastlane and that's how you get to Triple H versus Seth, which logic would dictate it is... So take the same thing. Is that, I, is that, are we like, oh, but we had Samoa Joe. I, I don't know because I feel like maybe you even do the same thing that we were just talking about with Braun and Roman Reigns. Have Hunter interfere? Up, but have someone else interfere to take Samoa Joe, have a Finn Balor interfere. That's not a bad idea. And then Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, which those matches at NXT. Yeah. I and, mean, and un- have, unbelievable. Have, have Seth go, I have a surprise for you. Yeah, like, oh, you want to bring out muscle against me? We'll check out who I got. And My- we're going, wait a minute. Like, the last time we saw Finn Balor, <laughs> Seth Rollins injured him. Yeah. And now he's on Seth Rollins' side? I mean, that's... That's, that's not bad. I that's, like that. that. I think that's a good idea. to, to Just in order to wedge... But you only can do it, I think, with one of those two matches. But I think it's a stint. Whereas in, as in you're putting in Finn Balor to take Samoa Joe off, just to get off that Seth Rollins-Triple H match at, at WrestleMania, then you continue the Samoa like Joe-Rollins rivalry. Later. Later. Yeah. With Triple H as a defeated, more so of a Bobby Heenan type, where he's the manager egging him on. I think you, Triple H disappears after Mania. You think he just goes back to... And we know that Samoa Joe is a tool of the of the authority. Yeah, and But I think, we're, I think we're better off, you know, keep the authority off TV in a big way. Yeah. And just let, let... We know Triple H is there. Yeah. Let Samoa Joe be his representative. Oh, that'd be great. You know? Yeah, that'd be great. And obviously, if we don't have a Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho match at WrestleMania, we riot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what the hell have you been building yes. up? But there's no way you're building that up. No. For just to do that. I'll tell you what I didn't like about the Royal Rumble. Hmm. I felt like they went almost. See, I had this vision of the Royal Rumble being this match where everybody under. Like, the WWE has become this huge umbrella. It's not a show anymore. No. The WWE is SmackDown, is yeah. Raw, is NXT, is the UK tournament, I was just is that. 205 Live, yeah. and arguably, to me, the sixth thing is Legends. Your Goldbergs of the world. Yes. Your Undertakers of the world. Yes. That's almost a separate brand. And I felt like the Royal Rumble should be this one match of the year where not Raw and SmackDown compete, where all of these six brands <sighs> are competing. And it doesn't mean you have ten from each. It means you have... Ten from Raw, ten from SmackDown, two from NXT, two, and you had a little, you, or even one, like Ty Dillinger representing NXT. Well, they had the cruiserweight. Uh, I'm fine with that. Jack Gallagher. Jack Gallagher. And the Mary Poppins spot. Great. Loved it. Great. Where was Pete Dunne? Where was Tyler Bate? Where True. were my UK tournament people? Yeah. I honestly felt like 
Pete Dunne should have made an appearance at NXT. I just think Pete Dunne, I don't know if you watched the UK tour. I haven't watched it yet, it's, but I've heard dude, unbelievable watch things. It. It's Everyone not, says that. It's, it's, it's four hours, so it's okay. total. So okay. it's not even that long. Well, because the Cruiserweight Championship was, it was unbelievable. Long. It was long. But it was great. It was great. But, like, if I told you now, go catch up on the Cruiserweight Classic. You're like, I, that's you'd be like, I don't have 16 hours. hours. <laughs> yeah. Four yeah. hours. And I honestly, I like the the UK tournament better than the Cruiserweight Classic. I'll definitely check it out. You should definitely check it out. And that's the great out. thing about the network is it's not like a, you have to go rent a tape at Blockbuster. You're like, oh, just go watch it And tonight. I think you'll be with me. Like, Pete Dunne is, like, super, super money. He's the he's the bruiserweight. Okay. Yeah. I love that shit. And I, th- I thought Pete Dunne should have made an appearance at NXT at, the, at TakeOver. Yeah. And, like, made some kind of impact. I'll tell you this. People came off of TakeOver high and came out of Royal Rumble low. Yeah. And you know why? Why? It's a good lesson in managing expectations. People looked at the Royal Rumble card and they said this is literally going to be the greatest wrestling show I've ever seen in my life yeah. and everything, yeah. not anything can happen, everything will happen. It's gonna be. It's the final four in the Royal Rumble is gonna be Brock Lesnar, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and Nakamura. Yeah. And it's gonna be the greatest and it's like Hulk Hogan's gonna come back right. and Macho Man will be back from the dead and yes. so will the Ultimate Warrior uh-huh. and it'll all be great. Yeah, yeah. I'm back and I'm bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm dead, but now I'm alive. Yeah, very alive. Yeah, beaten. Heart is beaten. Um, and then Finn Balor eliminates Dead Macho. Man. He's like, I'm sorry I had to do that to you, Macho Man, but top it around for you. Yeah, is that Hornswoggle just, or yeah, Finn Balor? It's, it's mostly Hornswoggle. But they, um, but then and then and then Bobby Roode Nakamura was like, but then Takeover. On the other hand, <laughs> people look at Takeover and they're like, that's not that good of a card. And I expected more from a takeover. You know what I mean? So expectations are low. Well, people were like pissed about Rude Nakamura. There were a couple people that I saw on Twitter that were like, Nakamura, like, Rude shouldn't be over. And you're like, Rude should be over. He's... The whole, every building they go to, the whole audience sings his song. That's enough to be the champion. I mean, that puts you over. It does. It's so funny what puts you over these days. But well, I was... it's always puts you over, because like... I'm just a sexy boy. Sexy boy. <laughs> Glorious. Yeah. It's all. I or, or I mean, he premiered on NXT? Yeah. People went nuts at SummerSlam. The, yeah. The takeover before SummerSlam. Yeah. Where he came down from the roof. Yeah. Glorious. Or, uh, oh, but but even like they sing Nakamura's song. Yeah. Uh, uh, he is so cool. He's the greatest. He's so cool. Anybody he's got that, like a Kurt Cobain vibe where you're like, he really you're does. a weird, cool ass dude. He's like Kurt Cobain meets Michael Jackson. Yeah. But it's just like the way that he like, the way he's he talks like, and like the way that he always does like his weird things where you're like, yeah. King of Strong Style is such an awesome nickname. Right, because he's like this like frilly dude with red leather pants on, and but then he, he like, just yeah, he like, kicks you in the face as hard as he can. And you hear that smack, and yeah. you're like, oh. Anytime, because people have come to me lately, and they're like, you know, I keep hearing about him, and uh, I don't get the Nakamura thing. I'm like, like w- watch a match. I won't, I'm not going to talk to you. The Finn Balor Nakamura thing was, I think, my favorite matches of the past five years. The series of matches? The series of matches were like, every time I watched it, it became, even as a mark, I was still like, man, these guys are working. Like, I like AJ Styles' John Cena better. Sacrilegious, maybe. Well, you know, that's like, 
but Ma- I could, that's I, mainstream, and I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'm like underground. So oh, I forgot. It's like pretty cool. Yeah, you're not really in the C Nation. You're more like, no. you hang out smoking in the behind yeah. the school. I hang out smoking behind the school talking to Finn Balor about Demon Kings. Right, and I'm hanging out with John Cena in homeroom. Yeah, and, yeah. and Nakamura's showing me how to hang off a dumpster cool. Right, right, right. And, and AJ Styles is like, hey, what'd you get for number three? Yeah. Like, actually in class. Yeah, he's got his hair in a ponytail. We have the same tutor. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, so so I think it's about managing expectations. That people thought that Takeover was not going to be great, and it was so great. It was great, and people thought Royal Rumble was going to be amazing, and it was good. And so it's like when 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 your expectations aren't in line, it's almost like if it's WWE, yeah, hope for the best and expect the worst. Sometimes you get the best, sometimes you get the worst, but a lot of times it'll be like, ah, I didn't love the Rumble. Uh, I probably would have gone with somebody other than Randy Orton, but oh my God, did you see AJ Styles versus John Cena? Exactly. Or oh my God, Roman Reigns didn't win the title or the Royal yeah. Rumble match. That should be enough to silence everybody on the internet. Yeah, I I think um yeah that would the Rumble it got by it got it was like good it was a it was good, good Rumble it was a good Rumble not the best Takeover was great right. I also think the problem with the WWE and the brand split is there's the, there's too many belts. There's two. Really? I just think they need to go old school where the champ can go to both shows. I see. To me, that gets very confusing very fast in terms of like who's on what brand. But I think that they, you, 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 you spell it out. Storylines also start to get blurred. But I'm telling you, if the champ, then it becomes almost like a territory thing where you're like going with the belt to a different show. Yeah, but then you're almost like watching SmackDown. You're like, where's the champ? You know what I mean? But then if he shows up, you're like, oh, wow, he's here tonight. But it's almost like, oh, the champ's here. Oh, right, because last month he wasn't here, so this month he will be. But do it like the way The Undertaker showed up on Raw. Yeah. Like, uh, eh, I don't know. I feel like... and I, I just think there's too many belts. Well, I think that, they, that that problem is solved because there's not that many co-brainer pay-per-views. Like, after WrestleMania, it's going to be April, May, June, July. It's going to be five months before there's another co-branded pay-per-view. I think that you, we, I'm with you, I think we feel that now, because you have August, co-branded. September, October, November, Survivor Series, co-branded. Yeah. December, January, Royal Rumble, co-branded. February, March, April, WrestleMania, co-branded. And that's the big four pay-per-views. Yeah. Kind of close together, all of them, two champions. Yes. U.S., two tag team champions, two women's champions. Whereas the five months between... Yeah. WrestleMania and SummerSlam, hopefully it doesn't feel that way because... What do you have? You have Payback, you have... Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank. Night of Champions. Yes, okay. Yeah. Okay, but Money in the Bank, isn't that co? No. It's not? No, the only co... Right now, the only co-branded pay-per-views are Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. The big four only. All right, then maybe I stand corrected. But it probably does feel that way because we're now the fourth of the big four. Yeah. And when you look at it on a calendar... They're pretty close. They're pretty close compared to how much distance there is between (sighs) WrestleMania and SummerSlam. Now I'm excited to see what happens at Elimination Chamber and... Yeah, and it's only it's only a week and a half. Away. It's a week away. That's great. Isn't that crazy? That's great. Yeah, wrestling is great. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. Um, yeah. So, uh, 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 oh yeah. And before we uh, are totally done too, uh, how about Sasha Banks? I like it. A squash match. I don't. I to tell you the truth, people were like, "I know you're as outraged as I am, Sam, because you're the biggest Sasha Banks fan in the world," and I am. But. You can't be in the main event every time. Also, it's good to 
take someone back to build up a heel, a, a dominant heel, mm-hmm. the way that they're doing. With Nia Jax, you mean? With Nia Jax, because yeah. Nia Jax coming in just beating ass. Because, I yeah, the way I saw it, it's like, okay, Charlotte dominated Bailey clean. Nia Jax dominated Sasha Banks clean. And you're actually building a little Braun Strowman out of Nia Jax. Completely. In the sense that, like, if Nia Jax can pull off a good match, theoretically, let's say, Charlotte versus Nia Jax. But how? Heel-heel? Yeah, I guess. But you're still looking at it like, okay, Charlotte doesn't lose on pay-per-views. Nia Jax doesn't lose. So that's one of those matches that you want to see because I think you need to who's going to win. I think you need to feed Nia Jax Bailey. And yeah. I think you get Sasha and Charlotte. Again? Again. No, they're supposed to be their last match. I think there's like one more. Like that whole like, <laughs> but you know that whole like, let's do one more for the fans. And then they're like, wow, ah, because they do great matches At together. WrestleMania? Maybe, and you put the belt on Sasha and Nia Jax, Sasha again, where Sasha wins. Mm, I don't know. I or think... do you put the belt on Nia Jax? Do you have Charlotte drop it to someone, Nia Jax I wins? I still think you need a Charlotte-Nia Jax match. I think that's what that's what all the buildup is to, because if you're, if you're building up a winning streak, a pay-per-view yeah. winning streak like Charlotte has, yeah. you eventually need to get to a match where... It's on. She has to lose, but she can't lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like she has have that, that streak. And... Exactly. You have that thing where you're like, oh, which way is this going to go? And it's, I, uh, oh, yeah. I, I just want to see the boss back on top. I like Sasha Banks. I love her a lot. Love. I said. Yeah. And I meant every word of it. And I, I like know. her mom, too. I met her mom. Ooh. Yes, I did. But uh, I, I think it's okay. I love a boy. It's almost, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you take someone away to make them want it more. Yeah. Like, like Distance makes the heart grow fonder. Right. Like, what if we get back to a place where we can get the audience? Remember when the audience used to just, no matter what the women's match was, we want Sasha. Yeah. And it's like, maybe those chants don't come unless you don't have Sasha. So you, are you saying Nia Jax puts her out? We do like the when Hogan got injured by Earthquake to go film a movie and he had his ribs broken. <laughs> Remember that whole thing? <laughs> to do Mr. Nanny or whatever. Yeah, but then like he no, came I don't. Back. I don't even know if it needs to be that triumphant. It's just this thing where, where Sasha Banks almost becomes a foot note kind of like like oh we just aren't really talking about her right now and then she shows up and then it's like the crap like you just build this thing like no we want sasha in the main yeah. event and it's like okay we'll give her to you i would love to see that yeah me too. i would love to see that but again i think the, i think i think elimination chamber and, and Fastlane have two great opportunities to build mania into like an awesome ticket where all we really know is that orton's going to be there yeah yeah, and me I like too. that. I kind of like that because last year at WrestleMania, you're like, I kind of know what's going to happen at Mania yes. after Rumble. But this year, you're like, well, I don't know what could happen. Right. And you're like, well, John Cena's the champion. And I guess maybe they're not doing Undertaker versus Cena. And I guess they're going to do Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. We don't know. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the best part. That's the best place for a wrestling fan to be is I don't know. Right. Well, you can follow Dan Soder on Twitter at Dan Soder and get all his comedy dates and everything then. Uh, although, if we start having too many wrestling podcast fans showing up at your comedy, yeah. You're just gonna have people shouting at you to do your impressions, like uh, th- I've, do Macho Man, do Andre. Yeah, this guy got hammered and yelled that one time at a show, and I was like, dude, that's a podcast thing. It's I don't, I, I'm not an '80s impressionist. Like, <laughs> Could you imagine if Macho Man was at the doctor? He's like, yeah, keep checking lore, yeah, lore and lore. But it's like, it's a thing that I like to, yeah, I don't know. Although I will tell you this, if you ever meet Bruce Pritchard. I did tell, because you know you have Bruce Pritchard's favorite Macho Man impression? It's the greatest moment of my life was finding that out. I was talking to him the other day, name drop. Yeah. And uh, I did mention to him, I was like, well, if you like the Macho impression, you got to hear Andre. And he was like, no. He he doesn't know your Andre impression. Does he do a good Andre? He does. Well, he does an Andre. 
I'm coming. I'm coming for you. I call. I find the whole four horses in case we find the lady. Hello, lady. He does a. He does a Bruce Pritchard, Andre. You know where it's like. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Pritchard's impressions are all. Vince McMahon's perfect though. Yeah. Yeah, more, no, no, no. Vince McMahon is perfect. More uh, ooze makes me laugh. I mean, Damn it, pal. More ooze. More ooze. Purple. Ooze. <laughs> Voodoo ooze. That shit makes me fucking die laughing. I always get get tickled on the Jerry Jarrett impression. Oh, well, you know. You know. You know. You, you chop the... Well, you know, the the, the chicken, He's you know. Just, it's that fucking... Yeah, that dude. All right, enough it, commercials for his podcast. Yeah, I feel like all, and, all my listeners... Because I, you know, but it's I, wrestling fans. It's it's so. I know. It's and all. It's so fucking. It, you know. Listen to everybody knows. You it's know. Like, you know. <laughs> it's literally the only podcast that I listen to regularly, like every week. Me too. Yeah, it's the best. I well, don't listen to podcasts. You should listen to mine, dude. I You're on to yours. it sometimes. I mean it all the time. I meant yours. No, what did you think I said? <laughs> That's I what I said, dude. That's what I, I said. Listen to yours, and then sometimes I listen to uh, something else with. I listen to it all the time. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thank you, Dan Soder. Thank you, Sam Roberts. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. The Aaron's AA team makes getting the name brand furniture, electronics, and appliances you need easy and affordable. We're talking top brands like HP, Samsung, GE, Beautyrest, and so many more. Take them home today, then make low monthly payments until they're yours for good. Aaron's great rent-to-own deals even come with easy approvals and free delivery. That's Aaron's, the rent-to-own power of the AA team.